Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ever since that time, it's really been technology and humans working together not versus humans. And so the important piece here is that we're taking our time to understand where we can have more human moments. Where are we best utilizing these human touch points that will make a difference in somebody else's life? Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're diving into a hot topic. The interplay between artificial intelligence and human connection in business. Our guest, Brian Kramer, CEO of H2H Companies, believes that no matter how advanced AI gets, it can never replace the human element that drives successful businesses. Brian, a two-time best-selling author and a prominent business strategist, argues for a human-centric approach to business. And he's here to share his unique insights on strategy, empathy, and the power of being genuine. So if you're interested in how to keep your business human in an increasingly digital world, get ready for an engaging conversation with Brian. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How's it going today? It's going wonderful. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. So I'd love to start out just getting to know you a little bit. Can you share a little bit what you do for your career now and something interesting about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I'm an executive coach for directors and executives at uh, and entrepreneurs at, at different companies, various companies. And uh, something interesting about myself Let's see. A lot of people don't know that I was an Eagle Scout in Boy Scouts. I haven't actually said that in years. So um, I don't know why that came up for me to say you said something interesting. So there you go. That qualifies. I, you know, I bypassed that route. That was a, a period of my life. I never unfortunately went through that. It must have been a lot of fun, though, having that camaraderie and kind of learning things. Oh, it was it, and the leadership skills that you gain is is uh, life affirming and and lasts for forever. So it was worth worth every every penny and every every moment of earning those merit badges. That's probably why you mentioned it subconsciously. You're yeah, a leadership yeah. coach now, and you started at a very young age. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, so you have a couple books. Your first book is "There Is No B to B or B to C. It's Human to Human," mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to talk about today. 
a lot. And then your other book is Shareology, how sharing is powering the human economy. And honestly, both those topics are like totally fascinating to me, like this whole shared concept of almost everything we do from like DoorDash to, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be gig or whatever, or we're all kind of giving a little piece of something. Even you could take it as far, albeit I don't know if it's a credible source, but even like TikTok, I mean, everybody like they have these, uh, you know, someone will say, hey, do you know who this person is that did something? And everybody will collaborate in this this TikTok world to come up with whoever did some bad thing or something. And it's actually pretty amazing. So let's talk about that. Like, where does, in your mind, where does like the whole human to human element, where are we missing that, particularly in the workforce and with small businesses, businesses like one to 10 million annually in revenue? What are your thoughts around that just to kind of get us going? About building businesses, is that what you said? Yeah, building and getting efficiency and sure. and treating people so there's true connection, things along those lines. Pretty wide open question. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a great question. And it, you're right, you can go in a lot of different ways. We could make a whole podcast out of that. I think the biggest thing for building a business is there's multiple parts, but the biggest thing is making sure that you set aside time for strategy. Uh, I think it's it's often the most under utilized time. And we're often so focused on doing the things, managing employees or creating marketing or creating sales or creating uh, going and, and, and worrying about the things that need to be done today, tomorrow, next year, and even future tripping about what, what you're not doing. Um, I'm not doing enough. I'm not being enough. There's not enough time. How am I going to get all this done? And then we get ourselves into a spin cycle and then nothing gets done. And so setting aside time, I think, and sitting down and and really, you know, putting strategy together, which is more the most important time and creating then a game plan from that strategy. If you can sit down and do that and then chip away at it over time, you're going to have better time spent than trying to just throw mud at the wall and create more sales or more of whatever it is that you want. So in the age of AI, let's be honest, uh, you know, and what, what's coming, it's, it's strategy is the thing that, that will be most needed. Because a lot of things will be more routine. Uh, we're going to get, you know, we can take this transcript to throw it into AI and come up with the bullet points and show notes for everything that happens now. So, you know, just you, there's so much coming too in what will be done and make it more efficient. And what we need to be focused on is the human things, which is strategy and planning. Um, and when we can do those things better, then we're going to have a better company. We're going to have a better uh, system. We're going to have more time back. Um, eventually, it doesn't feel like it up front, but it does give you more time back. Since you brought up AI, how do we keep human-to-human connection, particularly in the workforce, as we're having all these tools that, you know, if you say, okay, remote is a big thing, obviously, post-pandemic, you know, some of that is going away, but I still think it'll exist on a larger level than it did prior to the pandemic. So you have remote, you're now dealing mostly over Zoom and different types of video tools. And now you have AI that can practically write a better email, or I shouldn't say practically can probably write a better email than a lot of people can communicate on their own. What does that do for human to human connection? And how do we work around that? Well, so it's it's never been about just just human I mean, it did back in the day when there was, you know, vacuum 
salesman going door to door. That's the ultimate human to human or, or going to buy a car. Good point. Uh, great, great. Uh, still, still needed at least for a little while. But I would say that it, it, ever since that time, it's really been technology and humans working together, not versus humans. And so the important piece here is that we're taking our time to understand uh, where we can have more human moments. Where are we best utilizing these human touch points that uh, will make a difference in somebody else's life? Empathy is not going away. Empathy is the number one ingredient for what helps us connect, what makes us uh, want to gravitate towards each other. Empathy makes us feel listened to. It, it, it helps us to feel, feel understood. Without empathy, we push away. We, we go in the opposite direction. If there's too much technology or too much automation, for instance, and you get an email that says, dear name, or it says something that obviously wasn't personal and it was, a, it was an automated sequence and you can tell that's not empathetic and we go, we shy away from that kind of stuff. We, we look at it and go, that's, that's not a company that I'm going to want to work with, at least based upon this one interaction. And sometimes all it takes is one interaction and you now have created distance. The point of technology is to bring us together faster, to have more engagement faster, and to bring together more quality conversations. If we can accomplish that using technology, now we've had the best uh, ingredients, or we've used the best ingredients to bring us to what I believe is going to be, you know, a lot easier in the future. But when we use technology to replace engagement, which replaces empathy, it's going to quickly decline in empathy and in connection. Do you think that's where we're going? I mean, like with AI, is that is that one of the risks with it? Or do you view it as just like an augmentation in where we can utilize better conversation with human human interaction? It's a risk and it's a risk. Uh, it comes down to the individual or the company and how yeah. they that they use it. It's like anything else. Um, they can use it for bad or they can use it for good. Yeah. And, you know, there's a dark side and a light side to everything in life. Uh, there's a dark side and a light side to AI. The ultimate definition of AI is when it can process on its own. That's real AI. AI, like for instance, when Facebook created a language within, there's a beta within Messenger and, and then all of a sudden it invented its own language and then it was talking to itself in, in that language. That's true AI and that's AI learning on its own and having its own engagement. Now they quickly shut that program down and realized that's not where we want to head, thank God. But uh, that's, that is up to us to make sure that we're, we are creating the guidelines and the infrastructure for what we want AI to do. I think as long as we, we are focusing AI into the, into the thing we want it to do, like, you know, scheduling. Scheduling is hard on everyone. That's one thing when you take that thing away and you use just AI for scheduling and have it work for you to gain back more time. We're sitting within that narrow little uh, sliver of a challenge that we can solve for. So when we solve for these little challenges using AI, it's great. When we start to set AI into this wide spectrum of solving for humanity, God help us all. That's not what we need to be doing. We got to solve for the narrow thing, narrow challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, you know, 
authenticity is something that gets thrown around a lot. A little bit less nowadays, but you know that was like the big thing on social media quite a bit. Everybody's being authentic, but honestly, to me, like some of the authenticity comes off a little cheesy in how people approach it. How do we be authentic, particularly in social interactions, where authentic means we're really being authentic? We're not being like a little bit over the top in terms of trying to demonstrate we're being authentic. I hope that makes sense, and you kind of know what I mean. Yeah, I do. So I prefer the word genuine. Okay. Uh, over authentic because of what you just said. And you're not wrong. We throw authenticity around. And, and, and I believe that the true nature of when you're actually being authentic is necessary because it became such a buzzword. Then I, I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's go with genuine because, you know, you can tell, you can really tell when somebody's being truly authentic or truly genuine. And a lot of times it's like, it's like if I were to walk up to you and I were to, it's all in listening, right? So if I were to walk up to you and I were to do all the talking and then never ask you about yourself and then turn, turn around and walk away, that turns both you and probably myself off, but even more so you. If I were to sit there and listen to you, that's one thing. Now there's three different levels of listening, both online and offline. One is uh, where I'm the first level, which is where I'm listening, but I'm thinking about other things while you're talking. And that happens all the time because we're pinball machines. We think about things where we're a, a humanity of ADHD people. So we just do that and we need to stop. We need to sit there and actually listen to what the other person is saying. That's where we move into level two, where we're listening, but we're thinking about the next thing that we're going to say. Now we can't help it. Sometimes that, you know, like we're more on a podcast, we have to be in level two. Uh, we have to think about what's the next thing I'm going to say. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not uh, when we're in another situation where we're actually, like I said, you walk up to somebody at a party and you want to feel genuine, then that's level three. And the true genuineness of really having that engaged human conversation that we're talking about here in the context of what we're saying, which is when you're level three, you're listening and you're not thinking about what you're going to say next. You're just truly listening. And when it's time for you to speak, you're going to know what to say because you were listening and you can trust yourself to come up with what that next thing is. So that level three, both online and off, or at least two. That's what connects us. And we fall in love, we engage, we create more with people who are in level two and level three, and we shy away from the level ones. And that's where brands and people can do better. In terms of getting into that level two and level three, you know, now that we have our mobile devices in our hands all the time, access to everything, where do you stand on like, you know, when you're having a conversation with someone, should the iPhone be turned off, the Android device be turned off to get to that level two or level three? Does that help have a more a tighter frame on who you're talking with and interacting? I think so. You tell me. I, I think that when you see somebody look down at their phone while you're talking, it's like the ultimate turnoff. Yeah. And when it happens more than once, uh, once, you know, like, hey, my wife's calling, I got to take this. Yeah, I, I would do the same thing. If you're looking at it and you're constantly like, you know, it, just excuse yourself and go go do what you need to do and come back and have the conversation at that point. So yeah, we're, we are, I mean, I've been on buses and trains where it's kind of sad. Like you look, you know, you look across and 
and everyone's faces down and that's the generation that we're in and i i feel for you know our kids and for everybody who's coming up where you know they've only lived with a device they only know what a device actually the pinch and zoom is is native to them yeah and so we're having to learn a whole new skill set of putting our phone away and being present and it's going to be something that will be interesting because you and I grew up with not having phones in the way that our kids will have. And so I think it's going to be more, more dominant as time goes on. Yeah. It's funny. I don't take public transportation that often, maybe once in a while to go to a baseball game or something. I have the same experience. You'll sit on a train or subway, whatever it may be. And literally all of us, myself included, I'm not exempt from this, we're just buried our heads in our, you know, in our phone and not even aware of what's going on, what we're passing. I mean, now it's become so normal, but it is when you kind of stand back and go, wow, we used to kind of used to make eye contact and maybe say hi to a stranger or something. And we don't really do that as often anymore. We're also a generation of cocooning even more so now than we've ever been. This is a concept that Faith Popcorn in her book in 1984 called The Popcorn Report, she predicted that we would be cocooning in the 2000s. Wow. And she hit it on the on the head. It was it, it was so accurate because now think about it Amazon, Whole Foods, you know, Instacart, DoorDash, everything can be at your doorstep within 24 to 48 hours. And you can have everything done for you uh, without having to go out and get in your car. And uh, we're a remote work generation for the most part, or can be if we wanted to be. And so us us uh, being in this remote uh, generation, on-demand generation, and even information on-demand generation, everything is on-demand. And now we are cocooning or have the ability to cocoon more inside of our own homes. Now, the pandemic didn't help. And in some parts, I think it, it did help a lot. And in other parts, it cocooned us more. And so now we're having some PTSD, some anxiety, some different levels of new new ways of working that we're all discovering over the next few years of what this all means. But cocooning is a very real thing for us because we can now be in our homes and do everything. So that's going to change how we progress further. If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens, and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. But cocooning is a very real thing for us because we can now be in our homes and do everything. So that's going to change how we progress further. Yeah. I don't know if you read about this, but there's a, an influencer that just created some type of bot that actually speaks in her voice and her fans can interact with it for a dollar a minute. And it's it's her voice. They've taken like 2,000 hours of her voice. And then it basically they can interact with it. And a 1,000 people, it's only been, I think, available for less than a month. 1,000 people have signed up. And she's already collected about $70,000 in a month. And she envisions, based on her data points, she'll probably do about $5 million a month, 20% of her audience. 
What does that say about us that as humans, we're looking for AI interaction, not even a real person? This is kind of a two-part question. One, what does that say about us? And then two, have we reached the point where, you know how marketing, you're always supposed to talk. You're supposed to always talk in a way that that individual, it's about them. It's all about them. It's all about them. Have we maybe reached a point where we're almost so self-absorbed, it really... And I'm, I know I'm generalizing here in this for a podcast, so I'm not obviously talking about everyone, but have we kind of reached a point where it, everything's supposed to be about us in the conversation as opposed to really like human-to-human interaction? Are we going in that direction? I'm just curious what your thoughts are around that. So we're, I, I do think that, like I was saying before, we're becoming more on demand. Yeah. We want things now. Yeah. And so think about that with, with the example of what you just said with the influencer who created a chat that allows people to get on and have a conversation with somebody right now. True. Now, is that somebody in AI? Yes. Is it a conversation? You could argue that it is. And you can argue that the conversation is enough that it fulfills the need of right now. Is it something where you're getting, you know, the impact that you desire? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. Every every person's different. If it makes you think in a different way and you're coming out of the uh, conversation with a new thought, a new, a new way of thinking, or it solves for the thing that you went into the conversation for, then I think it's doing its job. Yeah. And you did a good job doing that. Now, does it replace the actual empathy that we have when we're talking to another human being? And you can see, like, for instance, when you and I were on before we got on this podcast, it's a perfect example of the fact that I didn't see you and you didn't know you you weren't on video. Right. You thought I wasn't making eye contact with you and you were on video. And you thought that uh, either I had uh, probably, I mean, I don't know, I'm making this up, some kind of disorder, or maybe I just wasn't into eye contact, but it didn't give you the empathy that you were looking for, I, I assume, or that connection. And that felt awkward. And that's the same level of awkwardness that we have with anything where we can't make digital eye contact or we can't have personal eye contact. So we're always going to have that. And we're always going to know that 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 sense of humanity to humanity or human to human is just not quite there. Yeah. Two things. I love how you said, because I didn't even really think of it this way. It's that need for immediacy. I didn't connect that potentially as a chat with a, an AI as being, once again, it's fulfilling our immediately need for something, that on-demand type mentality that, you know, basically we're kind of being, I don't want to say groom, but with all these things that we get access to now, it's like what we kind of expect, our expectation. So that's really cool. And then it is interesting to me, to your point, like, I accidentally had my camera off and I didn't realize I did. And uh, poor Brian's like trying to have a conversation with me for the first five minutes and we're not looking at each other. And I'm I'm thinking it's him. And then he said he says something to me to the effect that leads me to remind that I don't have my camera on. What stands out on that is how you can have a miscommunication so easily without even realizing it was actually my fault. And here I was thinking something totally different. So that's kind of an interesting real world example of how to have miscommunication when really, you know, it's just human, human mistake. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Exactly right. And you know what? Sometimes mistakes are in the imperfection of what we, who we are as, as humanity and humans make mistakes when things are too perfect uh, or at least they feel too fake. Let's call it fake. We don't like that. 
We don't like fake. We like imperfect. We like things to not necessarily like go so wrong that it's going to screw up our day, but we like the, we get drawn towards somebody who has a sense of humor that's quirky or, or that, that has, that trips. I love people who trip because it just makes me laugh so much, Uh, you know, and I, I trip all the time. You know, we like these little imperfections. And when, when things start to look like too Instagram perfect, we just shy away. That's one of the pillars of, of HH that I wrote about is imperfection. The other two is simplicity and empathy. We already talked about empathy. Uh, simplicity is, is like, think about Apple, like the simplicity of Apple, like whether you like Apple or not, it doesn't matter. What you do know about Apple is they sell only about, you know, 10 to 15 products. And when you go to their site, you know where to go, you know where to buy it, you know what stores they have, and you know what their uh, return policy is. And, and they're very easy with support. So their brand is super simple. I mean, their design is built on it. Everything about it is simple. So simplicity, you think about simplicity, then you think about empathy, you think about the brands that have empathy or embrace it, I mean. And then you think about imperfection. You think about the brands that embrace imperfection. Now, a brand that does not embrace all three of those is Facebook. And sorry for anyone who works at Facebook, but that's just what it is. So you guys need to work better on that. And and the thing is, is that simpli- it's not simple. It's not easy to, to maneuver around Facebook and get where groups and how do I get to? And what do you guys stand for? Are you a VR company? Are you a social company? Are you now an AI company? It's not a simple brand of understanding. And when you look at empathy, are they empathetic towards their customer? I don't feel it so much. I think that they're in it for the advertising. That's how I feel anyway. And then the last one is imperfect. I don't see them owning their mistakes. I see them just skipping over them and moving on to the next thing. So again, sorry for people who work at Facebook. Keep going. These are the things that you need to work on. And yes, do I use it? I use it because it connects me with other people. That's the engagement factor. So they won on that. And if they can enhance the other three things, can you imagine what they could do with their company? Those are great examples. As you're using them, I'm going, yeah, I can identify with that. Yeah, I can identify with that. Those are really good examples. Hey, how does that fit in? You use a a phrase, human marketing funnel. Where does this fit into that? Is that part of the pillars or what is that? You know, we're everybody has what's called these uh, touch points. Um, you know, it takes on average, it depends who you look at, seven, sometimes 11 or 12 touch points before somebody's going to buy a product. The data keeps changing. So, but whatever it is, a lot of companies now are using technology to create those touch points, whether it's automated email or it's now chat bots or it's, um, you know, slide in your favorite marketing tactic. And so that's what we're calling the funnel, you know, from initial touch point to end uh, result or click to purchase. If you look at the entire funnel, if you walked over to your whiteboard and you actually, you know, brainstormed out or, or wrote out your funnel of whatever it is, and you looked at it and you took a step back and said, well, where are the human touch points in all of this? Most of the time we're over automating things in business and we're trying to figure out like, how do I use technology to replace more human engagement or more human interactions. And, you know, we always talk about surprise and delight. How do we fit more of that into the technology and automation? So now we're having to reverse engineer 
human engagement back into what we're doing. Where before it was human engagement and how do we fit technology into this? Now it's the complete reverse. How do we fit humanity into this? And that's what I'm a a fight for. So that's the human marketing funnel is fitting human touch points back into the funnel. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Hey, I always love to end the podcast. You've you've shared so much here. Definitely a lot of knowledge bombs to think about. I love to end the show with either a business or a life tip. Is there something in your journey that you've kind of experienced that you could share with us? Yeah, the biggest thing uh, I'll give you uh, my... God, I have so many. Uh, (laughs) The biggest one that I'll, I'll say is... I use the five minute journal. I think it's, if I were to go to the, I like it because it has analytics. It, if it's gamified, I mean, so in, in the game, it kind of shows you all your data and your analytics, all that kind of stuff. So I think 5,200 and something data entries that I've made haven't missed a day in, in that many, that many days. And, and the reason is because it truly is the five minute journal. It's two and a half minutes in the morning. It's two and a half minutes at night. If you told me that I had to journal every day, I would be all in for about a week and then I'd lose it. And I'd be like, okay, I can't do this. The reason I can do this is because it's, it's both software and it's a book. You can choose either. I end up, you know, when I'm home, I can use the book. When I'm traveling or I'm out and about, I'll use the the software. It's question prompts. And I go through and I answer the questions. What am I grateful for today? What are the three things I want to accomplish today? And then what is my mantra for today? And at the end of the day, it's what are the three things that you accomplished for today? What did you accomplish? And what if you could do one thing differently tomorrow, what would it be? Now, I can answer those so fast and I choose the things that I'm grateful for. And it just reminds me. And after doing it this many days, I can see the changes in my life and the shifts that have happened over the course of doing it this long. And I highly suggest that whether it's the five-minute journal or something quick, you look at journaling as a quick a quick hit. You, you can write longer if you feel like it, but look at it as a quick hit up front rather than this big thing that you have to take on every single day. Right. How do you, you know, I, was, I do that and then I end up falling off the wagon and stopping because what I find is like on the gratitude one, I end up like I run out of gratitude things. I just end up saying the same thing over and over. How do you overcome that? Do you have any, or do you just accept that sometimes they're repetitive? I accept it. I'm grateful for the same things. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for my uh, friendships. I'm grateful for the work that I get to do. And if I say it every day, I get more of it. It's an abundance of more of that. And I want more connection and I want more engagement with my friends, my family, and with myself. So having repetitive things that you're grateful for, by all means, have it every day. Be grateful for that same thing. And then one day, if you have something new and you want to add it in, add it in. But don't worry if it's repetitive. Be repetitive. It's the repetition that of just reminding yourself of what you're grateful for. That's the most important piece. I like that. Yeah, that is a good, I, I've used the app and it, it's a great app. And the beauty of it, to your point, is it's just so short. Like there's no reason why any of us couldn't carve out a few minutes in the morning and the night. And it just kind of grounds you a little bit. So I'm going to go back to that, Brian, and I'll think of you. You'll, you'll be one of my gratitudes uh, for bringing it up. Hey, so your website is briankramer.com. Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, Kramer. K-R-A-M-E-R, BrianKramer.com. I'll put this in the thinktyler.com show notes. You also have 
a free guide. It's called Five Key Strategies to Get Rid of Business Burnout. This is a free book. I'm going to put, it's a little bit of a long domain, so I'm going to put that also in my show notes, the link to it. If people wanted to reach out to you, Brian, is there anywhere else you'd like them to go? That's it. If you Well, you can go to at Brian Kramer anywhere on social media or do, do a Google search. You'll find, you'll find me there. And, um, but BrianKramer.com is a great place. And if you sign up for my newsletter, I, I hit reply in true human to human style and we'll write back to you or you can reach out anytime. And I'm, I love being engaged on all social media channels. So yeah, absolutely. Wow. You give a personal response to everybody that subscribes with you. I do. If you hit reply and, uh, and, and I will reply back. Absolutely. Got it. Okay, cool. Very cool. Well, hey, thanks so much for being on the show. A lot of things you shared with us that I think we can think about and gives us uh, a little extra knowledge. So I sure appreciate it. Thank you. These are great questions. I enjoyed the conversation and I'm looking forward to connecting with everybody else out there as well. Okay, awesome. Take care. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.